Amen. Turn around and say hello to somebody. Hello. Hello. How are you today? Hello. Hello. God bless you. Yes, Virginia, I think there's at least one person you didn't hug here. So after the service, let us know. And I'm kidding. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord for the opportunity to be in God's house with God's people once again. And uh, this coming Saturday, I want you to mark it down. Everybody, if you are a lady or a girl, a lady or a girl, a female, raise your hand. We ought to know that. Amen. Amen. All right. And we know that. And we recognize that. And we salute and honor. And uh, there is going to be a girls and ladies only activity this Saturday, April 30th at 1 p.m. It is the Ladies and Girls Spring Tea. It is absolutely free. F-R-E-E, -E, all in capital letters. And you need to come and you need to bring somebody with you. And we have sign-up boards that have a place for you to put your name so that we can read it neatly. And how many will be in your party? Because if you're going to bring two or three others, then, then put down how many will be included and, and give us a phone number so that we can be in touch. If I can get the men to quickly come in. Quickly, quickly. Okay. Come on, quickly. Thank you. One down each section. Every lady, every girl, okay? Now, you guys don't sign up. We've got other activities for the guys. Amen. Amen. All right. You been reading through your Bible? We are reading through the Bible. We have an app for that that Brother Candy has prepared. Uh, it's readyourbiblethrough.com. And today you should be through 1 Samuel 7, 8, and 9 in the Old Testament and Romans 13 and 14 in the New Testament. At this rate, you will read through the Bible one time in a calendar year. And I believe you can and will and ought to. And how many of you would really like to read your Bible through in a year? Raise your hand up high. Come on, you'd really like to do that. Amen. Let's do it. Amen. Just a little while, we'll be uh, receiving the offering, the tithes and offerings of God's people. We have a regular offering envelopes. And of course, on there with tithes and missions and special. But our special offering this month, uh, through this week, is going to be for our Prince William County Soul Winning Fair Booth project. We are going to be winning souls out there August the 12th through the 20th, August the 12th through the 20th, and we're going to be training folks, giving you training sessions. But in addition to that, maybe you can, maybe you will not be able to be out at the fair working in the booth. We're going to train 30, 40 people to work in tandem and uh, everybody having their responsibility, know what they're doing, and win souls to Christ. That'd be wonderful. But you can have a share in that. Even if you can't make it to the fair, you can be a rope holder. A fellow by the name of Fuller said that he'd stay behind when Carrie went overseas. And he said, I'll hold the ropes. I'll raise the money. I'll do the support. And that's what we need is rope holders. How many of you can pray? Raise your hands. Come on, I expect you to pray for souls to be saved. And you can give, and some of you can prepare meals, and some of you can provide transportation, and some of you can provide child care. And we'll be talking more about those specifics. But today, in the love offering envelopes that have red writing on them, I want you to put fair ministry and put as much money in there as you possibly can. And that'll be such a blessing. Now, coming up in the month of May, we've got some special days. We've got Mother's Day on the 8th. It comes very early. That is the second Sunday. The 8th is the second Sunday in May. And we will give a special memento to every lady 18 years of age and older that's with us. We're going to honor all the moms, grandmas, and great-grandmas. And so don't miss it. Let's get everybody out. The, the thing that you want to do is say to all your family members, extended family, neighbors, friends, and everybody, I would like you to give me 
a Mother's Day gift. You say, really? Yeah, come on, say it. I would like you, I would like you to give me, to give me a Mother's Day gift, a Mother's Day gift. I want you to come to Central Baptist Church with me. All right, so that's, that's what you want to do. Get them all out here on Mother's Day the 8th, and then through the rest of the month, we honor our military living and those that have died. I want to honor all the military families, military spouses. They all deserve recognition. Praise God for our military. I'm so proud of our military. We're going to be honoring them on those special days. On into June, we're going to be graduating. We're going to be having things going on with our Bible Institute as well. We'll talk more about that. And then, uh, as I said, at the end of the summer, August 12th through 20th, we are going to have a great harvest of souls. I believe that God is still in the soul-saving business. I believe He still wants people to go to heaven, not to hell. The Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some men count slackness, but His long-suffering does. We're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen. God wants folks to be saved. And you know what? We're going to do everything we can to get as many of them right with God as we possibly can. It's always been the heartbeat of this church, and will continue to be the heartbeat of this ministry, to win precious souls. By the way, you can stop by the uh, bookstore today and pick up tracks. We've got tracks and Bibles. We've got Soul Winners New Testaments. We've got all kinds of items there for you. You want to stop in there afterwards. Gwendolyn will be there and uh, she'll make a point of being there and you can just go in there and have a good old time. And some of you like to shop. You can shop till you drop in there. That's okay. We, we even have people that'll catch you, you know, if you drop. So shop till you drop. Amen. Amen. One of the toughest things in the ministry, we try not to ever do it, is to say goodbye. Sometimes we have to say so long for now until get to heaven. We, we said so long for now to Leonardo Sosa. One of the sweetest Christian men you'll ever meet in your lifetime. God bless Leonardo. Went to heaven. Now he had brain cancer. And I'm glad the Lord took him peacefully. And I'm glad that he's not suffering anymore. And one of these days he's going to have a perfect body and he'll say, okay, Pastor, let's race, okay? And we're going we're gonna to race. Amen. How many of you ever received from his hand something he had prepared to eat? Raise your hands. Yeah, all right. Amen. He kept our caloric count right up there. Amen. But our, our love and condolences out there on the camera now. I'm speaking to Sosa's out there. All those that are missing, Leonardo. There'll never be another one. God broke the mold after he made Leonardo. Sweet Christian man. But may we all have just a little bit of Leonardo in us. Amen? Some of that Christian hospitality. Come on now. Some of that Christian. And he loved souls. Oh, he loved souls. He would ask me, you know, how it was going, how soul winning was going. So all you soul winners, I want you to know that he was in his heart a soul winner. He loved Jesus. And that... Uh, we will miss him for just a little while. So we're not going to say goodbye, Leonardo, just so long for a little while. Now, the next person I'm going to mention is, is not dying, but uh, we're going to say so long. Ed, I want you to come on up here, would you please? Because Ed, Ed uh, is going to have an announcement. He's not mad with me, are you, Ed? Not mad with the church? We've always had wonderful, come on up here, always had a wonderful relationship. Ed, I, I love you, buddy. Man. And if I, if I were a little older, I'd say I'm your father in the faith, but I'm not. But 
Ed's got a wonderful testimony, and he with Cheryl have served the Lord so faithfully here. But uh, I'm going to let him do some talking. Uh, he's ably filled my pulpit numerous times, and you've enjoyed his preaching. Amen? Amen. Amen. And before he gets started, let's show him some appreciation. Yeah, so uh, as the pastor said, we're moving. Uh, we, uh, it was kind of spurred the moment a few weeks ago we went to North Carolina uh, to take care of some business. And on the way home, I just got this idea to uh, go ahead and buy our retirement home. We were planning on being here another couple of years. And I decided that we should go ahead and buy our retirement home. After that, we prayed about it, and things just kind of fell into place. Amen. And so uh, tomorrow, we're closing on our home. It's down in Aylett. Uh, Virginia and so uh, we're going to be closed tomorrow as I said and then uh, be moving down uh, later in the week but um, I just wanted to tell you all that how much I love you amen excuse me and um, what it's meant to me to be here at Central Baptist Church um, I'm very very thankful that I had an opportunity to be here to worship with you to serve with you to fellowship with you and uh, my life has been changed immensely because of you, and I just want you to know that. Amen. I'm also pastor. Uh, words can't express how thankful I am for you, the uh, support you've shown me, the encouragement, the example you've been both in my personal life and in my ministry, and uh, I will never forget you, and I thank you for that. Um, you allowed us, you know, your prayers, your support, uh, your financial support, prayer support, your encouragement allowed us to do what we love to do, and that is to go into jails and prisons and minister to the broken, broken and forgotten. And we've seen God do some amazing things in the lives of the inmates that we've ministered to, and he gets the glory for that. But each of you that have prayed for us and encouraged us and challenged us, if you gave us a love offering, if you gave to missions, you played a part in that, and I thank you for that. And as I said tomorrow, you know, with, with the sadness of leaving, there's also, you know, excitement about the future. And, and we trust that God's going to lead us and, uh, and, and in this next season of our life, if you will. Uh, tomorrow we close on the house. We get the keys. And uh, Cheryl and I are going to go over. And we're going to have a small, uh, just her and I are going to have a small uh, dedication ceremony. Good. Amen. There's no question that God gave us this house. I mean, if I, if I explain to you how everything fell into place, you would be just amazed, but uh, God gave us this house, and so it's only fitting that we give it back to him. And so we're going to have Amen. a dedication ceremony and give it back to the Lord and just Good. ask him to bless us Good. while we're there. Uh, we have some churches down in Mechan We're kind of halfway between Tappahannock and uh, Mechanicsville out in the country, and so uh, we're going to have to drive about 20 minutes, 20 miles to go to church, but there's a couple of churches, uh, one in particular in, in Mechanicsville, the pastor was at, uh, grew up in Heritage, graduated from Heritage uh, Christian School and Pensacola Christian College. And so we're going to go, uh, I've seen him on YouTube, I like him, and we're going to go try him out. Of course, he'll never replace you. Pastor. Thank you, I'm glad you added that, amen. <laughs> he'll never replace you. Uh, he's a good guy, he's yeah. a good guy. So, uh, you know, and we know that we're not going to be able to do things in our next church that we were allowed to do here. The pastor has shown me a lot of grace. And, and you've shown us a lot of grace. And uh, we're not going to be able to do things there, but we are going to do what we can. Amen. You know, we're going to get into the soul winning ministry and maybe we'll start a discipleship Amen. ministry if they don't have one. Amen. But my, my heart is in jail and prison ministry. 
there's a regional detention center. It's a rural county, rural area. There's a regional detention center there that serves multiple counties. I'm going to try to, uh, to get into there and do some ministering as well. But no matter where God leads us, my heart will always be at Central Baptist Church. Amen. And we leave with fond memories, and we're going to be praying for you and thanking of you, and we ask that you pray for us as well. God bless you. Amen. Everybody. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ed, and thank you, Cheryl. It's been a, it's been a good race, a good, good run, a good trip. It's been excellent. Once again, he said, and I, I've heard some of the details, how the Lord led them. Now, by the same token, nobody else is allowed to leave, but, you know, He leadeth me, He leadeth me. Amen. God is in the leading business. God doesn't want us to be going the wrong way. He wants us to go the right way. And He wants us to be serving Him wherever He places us. You can put this down. I've preached it before, but it's something we need to review. The, the will of God can be expressed this way with some special way of saying it. I, I've said this. I want to make sure that I and you, that I'm the right who, doing the right what, and the right where. You can, you can always be the right who if you're right with God. doesn't matter what your geography is. You can always be the right who. And even if you end up in the wrong where, <laughs> you can do the right what, can't you, Tom? That's right. If you've got a pulse, everybody do this. If you're breathing, God's not through with you yet. Praise the Lord. And we're not exactly, I, I mean, I don't know what branch of the service. We'll have plenty of time next month to have that friendly competition between the branches of service. But we're kind of like, I want to be kind of like the West Point or whatever uh, advanced training of the Lord's Army. Get people ready to go out there and face all the challenges with what God gives us here. Put on the whole armor of God, man. Take up the sword of the Spirit. Give the devil fits. Amen. Every Sunday, we, we're hoping that we can give the devil a holy stomach ache, a holy headache, kick him in the teeth. Say, that doesn't sound very nice. Well, when it comes to the devil, I don't want to be very nice. I've seen him ruin too many lives. Brother Ed and Sister Cheryl been down there ministering in the prisons. And they see what the devil gives you. I can take you to all of the discouraging, horrible, destructive uh, places where the consequences of sin are manifest. And then I would say, this is what the devil is going to do for you. This is how he's going to leave you. He's going to be done with you. I'll never forget the guy that had been one of the sidekicks of Al Capone, got saved. He became a preacher, and I had the privilege of knowing him. His grandson is pastoring up in Chicago right now. And he'd have that gravelly voice, and he'd say, 
When we used to be out, and we'd be, you know, they'd be machine guns, the whole thing, like, you know, Elliot Ness, that kind of thing. Say, one of our buddies, he'd get shot, and he'd fall down, and he'd bleed to death right there, and, and I'd just look at him and say, well, you never much good anyway, and just kick him and walk on, kick the body and walk on. You see, that's cold. The devil is that times a million. He will leave you just like that. He will leave you. The consequences of sin are terrible. I'm glad I got a Savior who loves me. I can be the right who, doing the right what, and then as He leads me, I can be in the right where. Okay, now I'm standing, see this piece of carpet right here? This is the right where for me. Wherever I go, that's the right where for me to serve the Lord. Be the right who, do the right what, and the right where. You say, so far, I am really confused about these words. I'm hoping that today we'll clear up some of the confusion. Brother Ed and Sister Cheryl, on their way out of here, and the Lord is leading them. They will continue to have a very good relationship and a, a continuing relationship on some basis. We don't know exactly what that's going to be, but it will be with us and with you. And praise the Lord for that. Would you take your bulletin? If you haven't got one, raise your hand. Our, our uh, ushers want to give you a copy of the bulletin. Because on the front, it says, Thanks for what thou dost deny. Uh, there's a piece of sheet music, which is uh, right there on the front of your bulletin. Thank you, Dane, for the bulletin. I appreciate it. It's thanks to God. It's an old Swedish song, gospel song. And the second verse says, Thanks for prayers that thou hast answered. Thanks for what thou dost deny. God actually reveals His will sometimes in where He guides us, and sometimes He reveals His will by denying us something. Sometimes He answers our prayers the way we want them, and sometimes He denies us our prayers the way we pray them. And He shows us His perfect will. Inside your bulletin, you out there that are on YouTube, you can just scroll down, tap the right place, and you can get a digital copy of this. We read at the bottom of the inside right page, Dr. Donald Barnhouse, a great commentator, great preacher, often closed his church services with the prayer, Lord, dismiss us with your peace except for those who don't know you. Keep them miserable until they come to know the Prince of Peace. And may the Lord keep us all miserable until we come to terms with God. Amen. Amen. You got that? That soldier's prayer, if there, I ask God for strength that I might achieve, I was made weak that I might learn to humbly obey. I ask God for health that I might do greater things. I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I ask for riches that I might, may be happy. I was given poverty that I might be wise. I ask for power that I might have the praise of men. I was given weakness that I might feel the need of God. I ask for all things that I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. How do you like that? I got nothing I ask for, but everything I hope for, I am among all men most richly blessed. He died in battle. It was found on his person. That, that right there. Think about that. At the top, Lord, day after day, I've thanked you for saying yes, but when have I genuinely thanked you for saying no? Yes, God opens doors, as it says there in 1 Corinthians 16, 9. He does open doors, but he also closes doors. And thank God for that. What I'm talking to you about today 
is we understand the perfect will of God. That's when I'm right with God and you're right with God. You're in the Word. and He's guiding you. And it just seems like the sun is shining, the birds are singing, and life isn't always easy. But you're doing what God wants you to do. You're the right who and the right where, doing the right what. You know, you're, you're in the perfect will of God. That's great. That's fantastic. And what's sad is there are some born-again believers who are not obeying the Lord. They're not serving God. They claim to be saved, but they're not serving God. And they may be in what we term the permissive will of God. Now, God's got a tether on you if you belong to Him. Come on. God's never going to let you go. He's never going to let you go. So He's got a tether on you. And sometimes it's going to be painful as He brings, He draws you back. But He's going to draw you back. Anybody ever been there where He drew you back? Doesn't feel good, does it? But you're glad when you get back where you're supposed to be and you're close to the Lord and you're walking with the Master. Amen. So there's the perfect will of God when we're right with Him. There's the permissive will when He's going to be bringing us back and there's going to be some woodshed pains along the way. You know what I'm saying. But I'm talking about the preventive will of God. You say the preventive will of God. Yes, the preventive will. Will of God. I want you to turn with me, if you would please, to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. We're not going to spend a lot of time parsing every Greek word today. In fact, we're not going to spend a lot of time explaining every English word. But what I am going to do is I'm going to illustrate and I'm going to develop this application of the truth so that when you've left today, you're going to say, the Lord sure helped us through His Word. The Lord sure guided us through His Word. If you'll allow me to do so today, I'm going to help you to come to a better understanding of how God wants to work, sometimes preventing us from going a certain way. I want to be faithful, and, and He's going to faithfully guide us. I want to have joy, and He's going to, be, uh, going to give us that joy, that strength, and he is going to give us satisfaction in, in the fulfillment of his, of his will in our life. So our life and our service for God is very much like the journey that the Apostle Paul was on. I want you to see that today. Very much like a journey. We find this metaphor given to us throughout the Bible. And we, we read of, of walking in the Spirit and walking by faith and walking not by sight. In Acts chapter 16... Paul is on a missionary journey. This is the second missionary journey. The first one, uh, of course, there was uh, John Mark going back and Barnabas now splits from Paul. There's two missionary groups because Barnabas wants to take John Mark with whom he is related and uh, Paul doesn't quite trust him yet and so there is some good that comes out of this. Let me tell you right now, just because folks part ways sometimes, all Christians don't agree on everything. And uh, you know what? They, they can still serve the Lord. And they ought to serve the Lord. You ought to serve the Lord to the degree that you uh, can and that He will allow you to serve Him. And so we find now there are two missionary groups and we're following Paul's group. And it says in verse number 1 of Acts 16, Then came he to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman which was a Jewish and believed, but his father was 
a Greek, which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. And so in order to keep others from stumbling, Paul makes sure that there is going to be no reason for them questioning uh, this man. And so he, he wants to be able to take him places where there are Jews and places where he will be able to minister. And so uh, that's something to keep in mind also. As much as, uh, as lies within you and within me, we ought to leave, live peaceably with all men. We ought to do everything we can to get along with God's people if we possibly can. And so they go through the cities, verse 4, deliver them decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. So they're spreading the news. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. And praise the Lord for God's breath, His blessing being upon His people. Now when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, after they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. And they passing by Mysia came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us, uh, for to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, loosing from Troas, we came with straight course to Samothracia, and the next day to Neapolis, and then they went on to Philippi. Now look this way for just a moment. Sometimes we have a good idea, but it's not God's perfect will. And sometimes we pursue a good idea, and God allows us, we're tethered, to do that good thing that's not the best thing, and we have to learn some lessons. And maybe the hard way, we learn some lessons. In the ministry, we learn some lessons. Sometimes the hard way. I'm not proud of that fact. I want to always be in the perfect will of God. Apostle Paul and his group are looking at what might be considered logical, might be considered appropriate. I mean, how can you go to a wrong place when it comes to souls? You can find souls. But if God's got a perfect place, then you need to find the perfect place and be satisfied with the perfect place and be content with God's perfect will because God will bless you and will use you uh, to the maximum in that perfect place whether it was your logical choice or not. God has something for you and for me to do, but we need to be the right who doing the right what in the right where. That's important. And here, the Apostle Paul runs into a barricade. Now listen to me. When it comes to the preventive will of God, whether it is a choice of where to live and serve the Lord, or whether it is a choice of a job, or the choice of a life's partner, or whether it has something to do with uh, uh, some expenditure, it has something to do with some aspect of your life. When you come to a barricade and the Holy Spirit blockades your way, don't try to force your way through that barricade. Because that barricade is there for a reason. You see, we have a barricade, praise the Lord, we have a barricade so that we won't need an ambulance or worse, a hearse at the bottom of the cliff. God gives us a barricade. He's saying to you young people, He's saying to you adults, don't go through that barricade. Don't pursue that line. Don't go that direction. Don't go with that person. Don't do that thing. Don't go to that place. Don't work that job. God is trying to teach us that. He started back in the Garden of Eden when man and woman fell, when Adam and Eve disobeyed and they ate 
of the fruit because it was good to look at and, and it, it seemed you know, to the touch to be something good and they ate of it when they were told not to eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. They did so anyway and they saw themselves as they were and they tried to hide from God and God came down and said, Adam, where art thou? God had a perfect knowledge of where he was yeah, physically and geographically, but he was saying, where are you spiritually, Adam? He had fallen into sin. He had willfully and deliberately sinned. And so as part of their judgment, God put them out of that perfect place. And he put an angel there. Now, some of you, the only concept you have is, is of, of some little ceramic kid with wings or some very effeminate looking you know unisex thing with wings in the Bible angels appear as men and they're fit they're fit but in the spirit realm I don't know how big they get I don't know how awesome they are in the spirit realm. But whatever angel God put at the gate of the Garden of Eden, nobody went back in there. They were kept out. They were suffered not. They were prevented from going back in. Someone has said so that they wouldn't eat of the tree of life and be confirmed forever in a lost state. This way at least they would have the opportunity to give the prefigure of the, of the Lamb dying, looking forward to the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, who would come. And I believe that. But regardless of what your, of what your specific you know, theology is in this case, God stopped them from going back into the Garden of Eden and accessing the Tree of Life to be permanently lost. God put an angel in the way of Balaam on his donkey. And that donkey had more spiritual perception than Balaam, that backslidden prophet. God prevented them, kept them. And I have to say that God has prevented us over time. God has prevented some of you from going to the wrong place, of being with the wrong people, of pursuing the wrong profession, of doing the wrong pastime, of participating in the wrong activity. And we ought to say, thank God. Thank God this past week, this past week, an individual said, I didn't go to the liquor store and buy that bottle. And praise God for that. God's will, His perfect will, can be revealed to those who have been prevented and will take the prevention that God gives and they will, they will observe and respect that barricade at the top of the cliff instead of experiencing an ambulance or a hearse at the bottom of the cliff. In this case, they didn't go into Asia. They didn't go into Bithynia. You say, oh, the poor Asians, the poor Bithynians. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, the gospel goes to the whole world. And the gospel goes out to those who are led by the Spirit of God, through the Word of God, to go to those places. And so much so that we read, has their sound not go, gone throughout the whole world? And yes, the, the answer is yes. Everybody can access 
the gospel. And when I'm preaching and I talk about there's a place right over here where the gospel hasn't been preached in our generation, our responsibility is in our generation to reach the whole population of the world alive in our time. So our people better figure out a way to get the gospel to all the people, almost 8 billion of them, on this planet right now. I can't do a thing about those that are in the grave. I can't do anything about those who haven't been born yet. But I can do something about those who are on this planet right now. That's where our concern needs to be for lost souls. If we are going to do the will of God perfectly and be in His perfect will, we have to be tuned in to the Word of God. Now, before the Bible was completed, there were, you know, there were dreams and visions that, uh, that filled the gap. But we don't need that filled anymore. There's no gap. We've got the completed Scripture. We read about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 8-10. through 10, When that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part shall be done away. We don't need that apostolic vision anymore. We don't need that apostolic dream anymore. Instead, we've got the Word of God, and the Spirit of God speaks to me, and He speaks to you, and He leadeth me. In a still, small voice. And I know, because I first felt, oh, poor Bithynia. Poor Bithynia. Now, I say fortunate Macedonians. Fortunate Philippians. And God sends somebody to Bithynia. God sends somebody to those other places. And eventually, the whole world is going to be reached, at least given an opportunity to hear the truth. God stopped Pharaoh and his army in their tracks. Stopped Pharaoh from murdering baby Moses and divinely provided that Moses' own mother would nurse him. Prevented Herod, the baby killer, from killing baby Jesus so that our Savior would live out his life and voluntarily go to an old rugged cross and die for your sins and mine and shed his blood and be our Savior, the Lamb of God, and be buried and rise the third day according to the Scriptures. Praise God for that. I want to help you today if I possibly can. I want you to write some things down. We try to keep it simple here. Number one, and of course this all begins with the, the Bible, with the Holy Spirit directing us through the Bible. Number one, if you want to start out right on this journey, put it down. Desire the Savior. Desire the Savior. Say, man, I got saved because I wanted to save my skin. I, did, I, I didn't say desire salvation. We're going to do that and... and being honest and transparent, when I was a little kid, I didn't want to go to hell. I wanted to be saved. I want to be saved from hell. But I have found out since then that my desire is for Jesus Christ. And my desire, my motivation, and my whole life should be summed up in, for to me, to live is what? Christ. And to die is gain. It's Jesus Christ. He's called the desire of all nations. He should be your desire. He should be my desire more than anything. I should want Jesus in my life more than anything. I should want to please Jesus Christ more than anything. I should want to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. Don't just desire salvation or a pardon or a reprieve, but a relationship. Paul said that I may know him. He wanted to be closer and closer, just a closer walk with thee. 
Granted, Jesus is my plea. Daily walking close to Thee, let it be, dear Lord, let it be. Close to Thee, close to Thee, close to Thee, close to Thee. That should be our desire, closer and closer and closer. You say, well, I'm already close. We should desire to be closer, nearer. Number two, decide to surrender. Decide to surrender. You're not going anywhere in your Christian life. Your journey is going nowhere. I mean, you're stuck in the ruts. You're not going anywhere unless you decide to surrender. You've got to give up. Whether it is initially at salvation, many of you have experienced that, or, or daily, daily. I'm not just talking about one-time dedication. I'm talking about daily. I die daily. I surrender daily. We need to die to a self-willed way of life every single day. I die daily. That's what Paul says. So desire the Savior. Decide to surrender. Number three, take definite steps. You're not going anywhere unless you step out on faith. You've got to do something active. You've got to believe what God says, and you've got to step out, and He'll give you the grace to do this. It's not just talk. It's not just intentions. It's stepping out. What you learn from the Word of God, what you learn from this preacher, you need to step out and say, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. We said we could read through the Bible. Many of you have decided, I'm going to step out. And so you started, and you're working at it. Some of you may be struggling and stumbling, but you're working at it. You're stepping out, and praise God. That stepping out is in spite of the fact that you might think apprehensively, you know, I could stumble. You step out anyway. And if you stumble, we have a Savior who's there beside us, and He lifts us up, and He dusts us off and says, let's go again. That's the way we ought to treat others as well. Listen to me. In Central Baptist Church, this church is the church of the second chance. And people that stumble... Instead of standing over there and saying, well, I didn't stumble. Look at that person. They stumbled and talking all about it and describing it. Why don't you just bite your tongue? And why don't you do like Jesus? Get down there in the dirt and pick them up and dust them off. Say, come on, we can do this together. I'm going to be praying for you. I'm going to be with you. Amen. Take definite steps. Number four. Draw on His strength, not our strength. His strength. His strength is made perfect in my weakness. 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. That's it. So draw on His strength in your daily walk. It's by grace. It's not by our works. Number five, defer as a servant. Defer as a servant. What does that mean? That means we don't get our way. We want the Lord to have His way and so instead of trying to pull rank on every other Christian, that doesn't work. How's that working out for you? How many of you strong domineering types trying to force what you think is God's will on other people, how's that working out for you? Huh? Huh? Let me tell you right now. It doesn't work. Holy Spirit's got to lead us. Guide us into all truth. Amen. That's it. So... Defer as a servant, like Jesus Christ, who was humble. He was humble. Number six, don't stop. Never stop. Don't stop. You say, well, the Bible says, preacher, to wait on the Lord. That doesn't mean getting stuck in the rut, spinning your wheels. doesn't mean sitting there being lazy and stationary. It doesn't mean going astray, getting sidetracked one side or the other. When I say don't stop, 
That's consistent with the Word of God. Keep on moving. When the storm comes, you say, oh, I, just can't, I can't go on. The storm is so awful. Slow it down a little bit. Turn the wipers up and drive through that storm. And in the spiritual storms of your life, just drive through that storm. I'm not talking about just going the same speed and driving over top of somebody, but I'm talking about don't stop. Keep moving. Keep on going. The thing the devil wants is for you to stop and spend all your time trying to analyze, you know, let's see, this step was two and a half feet, oh, this one was two and a quarter, and this one was two and three quarters. The, the devil wants you to become such a cruncher of, of uh, analytics when it comes to living the Christian life that you don't actually live the Christian life. Instead of doing that, just say, Lord, help me now. Lord, keep me out of this. I'm going to step forward. I'm going to go forward. Unless the Lord stops us with that barricade, and when He does that, when He keeps us, He won't suffer us to go into Bithynia, whatever our spiritual Bithynia is, then we will go the direction through the Word of God and the direction of the Holy Spirit that He directs us. So instead of, instead of going Bithynia, why? We get a vision in the Word of God to go the other direction. And we go to Macedonia. And I tell you, the uh, Lydia and those ladies, ladies that were down there by the river that got saved, and the little demon-possessed girl that got the demon cast out and got saved, and the uh, Philippian jailer and his family, you know what? I think they really, really, really appreciated the fact that Paul and his group didn't push that barricade over and go into Bithynia. And the book of Philippians is all about a loving, suffering church. And they were all glad that Paul didn't decide to push over that barricade and just have his own way and go his own direction. Amen. Amen. Now, in order for this to have seven points, here we go. Detour only when you're spirit-led. Don't detour because of circumstances. Don't detour because of people's opinion, because of people being for or against. Detour when the Spirit leads you. That's it. Through the Word of God. It's not. We don't say, well, the Spirit led me, and then you just go do whatever you're going to do because you're strong-willed. See, I know the difference. I'm a pastor, and I'm dealing mostly with adults here, but I know there are some adults that are just like strong-willed children. Come on. And I do prefer that roadblock over a hearse. Thanks for prayers that thou hast answered. Thanks for what thou dost deny. Permissive will of God, get in the Word till the Word gets into you and obey and do everything. And when you stumble, get back up, confess your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive you your sins. Restore that fellowship and you go on and you serve the Lord, and you don't spend a whole lot of time like the devil wants bemoaning the fact that you stumbled and got dirt on yourself. Get up, just go on. Get up, go on. Get up, go on. You say, what if I, what if I fall a hundred times? What if you fall 10,000 times? Don't you think God's grace is great enough to cleanse, to forgive, to make you right 10,000 times? 10,000 times, 10,000 times. Innumerable times. You say, well, that's not much of a Christian. You'll come far closer to being the Christian God wants you to be. If you just get up and go, stop sitting, stop spinning your wheels, stop making excuses, stop playing the devil's game. Don't ever stop. 
Don't ever stop and detour only when the Spirit leads you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Every head bowed, every eye closed. How many of you today say, Preacher, the Spirit of God spoke to my heart in that message. Come on, put your hand up high. Spirit of God spoke to my heart. Amen. Amen. You may put your hands down. It may be that you don't know that you're saved and if in fact you don't know that you're a Christian, if you've never prayed to receive Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior, then right now we're going to give you the opportunity to receive Christ. If you don't know that you've been saved. Now, if you've prayed to receive Jesus, I've led folks through this, and if they meant it, if they truly repented, truly meant it, then praise the Lord. You don't have to do this five times or ten times. Just, just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior. But it may be right now that someone seated in this building does not know for sure that he or she is a Christian, don't know that you're saved, then right now, why don't you get saved? Why don't you, right now, surrender Decide to surrender. Let the Lord come in and save your soul. You say, preacher, I want to do that. All right, with heads bowed, eyes closed, and pray from your heart something like this. Dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I deserve to pay for my sins. I believe Jesus died to save me. Right now I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart as my personal Savior. Please take away my sins and take me to heaven when I die. When my heart is heavy, my spirit is low. The storms of life around me. I call on the Master who sends down His love and ask that we meet Him in that home above. Close to the Master, I'm trying to live. Yes.
Hey